1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 329 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam. I'm back from Los Angeles, and I'm not joined by Joe. I'm joined by what's basically been the replacement for both of us a whole bunch of times. Hey, Christina.
2: Hi, it's me again. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hello, <laughs> you, hi.
1: You've literally, I was like looking at the past episodes. I think you've literally been on the show more than I have this month. I know. I just,
2: apologize if anyone out there is like, ugh, this girl again.
1: No, they're not saying that. I'm going to push your mic closer to your face a little bit just so I don't have to... You guys can't see this, obviously, but Christina's doing the thing she always does. She's looking through her little pop screen, and it makes me laugh. No, you're (laughs) fine. However you want to do it. Um, So I will let Christina in just a second talk about everything we're going to do today. But before I do that, I was in L.A. for the Festival of Books. And for the people who came up and said hello and that they listened to the podcast, thank you. Anytime I'm in public and someone does that, it's still, like, the coolest thing. It's like I forget that we have listeners over 300 episodes in, and I'm still, like people Listen to this, this is cool. They like me, yeah, exactly. So, that was really like they pushed the person came up and I was like, I listen to you all the time, and I was like, Yeah, audiobooks are really great because we were promoting Libby, and she's like, No, like you, the podcast. I was like, Oh, I'm famous, yeah, you know, something like that. Um, also, I told
2: Adam one time, one person in a workshop obscurely was like, Are you Christina who sometimes says hello, hi on the podcast? and I almost fell to the floor because that was just the coolest feeling.
1: I, I want to make t shirts that say hello, hello hi. hi, or hi, hello, either way. Maybe uh, maybe uh, one right. way on the front and one the other way in the back. Yeah. Um, also, hey to Sarah from First Draft Pod uh, that came over. She also has a book called Tell Me Everything. So if you don't listen to First Draft Pod uh, with Sarah Annie, you should. Because she's amazing. And we got to meet in real life, which was fun. Podcasters becoming real-life friends. It's all happening. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, if people want to get a hold of us, you can find us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Uh, you can email us at professionalbooknerds at com. Yeah. <laughs> you've only done this at times. professionalbooknerds.com. That's the one. Um at ProBooknerds, Twitter and Instagram. And then every book that we're gonna talk about today I will make sure are in the show notes and to talk about what we're gonna talk about today. Today, Christina. Hello. Floor is yours.
2: Thank you. I will happily take the floor. Um you've heard me do this before a couple times, Adam, so thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about this again every year. We have, well, every year since 2014, we've hosted a campaign called Summer Read, which is targeted towards schools. We love our schools here at Overdrive, um, and I work uh, exclusively in the K-12 market, so that's why I have the ability to talk about this. So the Summer Read program runs June 6th through August 15th this year. It's the longest we've ever run the program. And what it's really built around is this idea that during the summer months students experience a summer slide, meaning they don't quite retain everything that they learned the year prior. I can confirm this. This did happen to me. <laughs> um, so we kind of, you know, and studies have been done, research been, has been proven that if you actively engage the mind during those slower months, um, it'll help you retain um, the previous year's uh, information. So that's where I was born out of and um, What's really great is we connect with our publishers and they're always happy to support us on this program. They also support learning just like we do. So we uh, got um, 30 titles this year.
1: That's so many. That's
2: so many, um, which is more than we've ever gotten. And We had gotten such a great delivery of titles. I'm not going to talk about 30 titles today, so everyone calm down, don't worry. Uh, I'm actually going to talk about 10 or so. Um, which is just a sampling of what's available. So if you are interested, um, the titles are going to be available in our Overdrive catalog for purchase. Um, If you're a reader, they're obviously going to be available to listen from your library or school. And um, I don't know.
1: You can find, I will say, if you're a librarian listening in and you want to see all of them, uh, you can go to uh, resources.overdrive.com.
2: Forward slash summer dash read. Yeah. Oh, super fun. Should mention, we have a theme This year, it's Chill Out and Read, and we have a little ice cream logo. It's it's
1: adorable. So
2: just, you know, enjoy that. And as always, when we do campaigns like this, if you are a partner, we do have marketing resources in support. Um, So you'll see some fun content ads, um, a print piece, a letter home to parents, a staff memo, um, and some social media graphics.
1: So we have a lot of people on the marketing team that kind of help out when it comes to campaigns and graphics and things. And when I saw the graphics for this, I've never been more certain that the idea around like all the dessert stuff was you. I've never been more sure of anything in my life.
2: If I could put an ice cream cone on every resource, I would do it. But that seems a reach.
1: Christina's uh, loves and likes are slowly leaking into all of our marketing materials. All the winter ones were penguins. All this stuff is ice desserts. cream.
2: Yeah, uh, I had some jazzy text message boyfriend Parking mm-hmm. pieces. Just I'm infiltrating. Everywhere. By like
1: the fall, it's just gonna be pictures of your child. Yeah,
2: I'm just gonna have some I'm just gonna be like the Sawyer uh, poster, and everyone's gonna be like, "Why is this baby on here?" And I'll be like, "Are you upset though? Are you upset though?" <laughs> oh, he's
1: such a cute baby. He is. He is pretty cute. Okay, uh,
2: he looks just like his dad. I had nothing to do with it.
1: I don't. You stop it. All
2: right. Anyway, so. No one wants to hear us pontificate. Yes, I have a really cute baby.
1: You do. You really Um,
2: do. Okay. So to get started, every year we try to offer um, a variety of titles for both the juvenile and YA market. Um, Juvenile is usually going to be kids in the K, or I would say anywhere from ages four, so pre-K, K to 11. I would safely say, and then the middle grade and high school titles are targeted towards 12 on up, 12 to 18.
1: Yeah, looking at the titles. I would say that that's
2: accurate. Yeah, But as always, you know, enjoy forwards or backwards, however age you are. Um, But just for our teachers and librarians listening, we do try to give a pretty good uh, wide berth on that. So, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. I've said that like a million times. I'm actually going to do it now. (laughs) The first book I'm going to talk about is Nico Draws a Feeling. That is going to be in our juvenile set. Uh, the summary of this book, also the jacket cover for Nico Draws a Feeling, is the cutest as a mom. I, like, died. Um,
1: oh, it really is. I'm looking at them right now. Oh, I love that. I
2: love it so much. And so this one actually um, is a really great book for um, interpreting differences or talking to someone who may not think as, think like you. So just very smart um good introductory title to a a child going into school you know and you're going to encounter people different from you Mm -hmm. who may not learn the same way um so nico draws what he sees he draws the sun on his face the sound of the ice cream truck the world around him uh but no one seems to understand him or why he draws what he draws or understands that he can see a feeling or hear hear a sound and be able to draw it on paper and then he meets iris so it's kind of this really cute exploratory relationship of his first friend and what it means when someone finally kind of understands you and sees where you're coming from. And I'll get weepy if I keep going. Uh, the next one <laughs> also on our juvenile set is Billy Stewart in the Zintrepids. I
1: was hoping you were going to talk about this one because this, this cover also is bananas it's good. It's
2: uh, kind of got a graphic novel approach to uh, it and Billy Stewart is a raccoon. Um, he aspires to be just like his grandfather. Spoiler, also a gr- uh, raccoon. Uh, his gra- grandfather was a fearless, trotting adventurer, as one does. And um, he kind of has all his life really wanted to be like his grandfather, and he kind of finally gets the opportunity. Um, and he's also the scout leader of this group called the Zintrepids. Uh, so just a lot to unpack, you know, yep. a raccoon, scout leader, um, the Zentrepids, I, I don't think are raccoons. I think they're just a, a group of other animals and maybe bugs. I'm not sure.
1: God, I'm hoping there's other animals too.
2: <laughs> he kind of gets himself in a very scary situation trying to mimic his grandfather. And of course, chaos ensues. Just kind of a fun adventure book that I think a lot of readers will like.
1: Amazing little trash panda. It looks like there's, um, maybe like a squirrel
2: on the car. Yeah, I'm fairly positive that they're not all raccoons and i don't think it's like just like hey this i think it's just mostly like billy stewart a raccoon and it's just like we move on from that like it's not very um just you just accept that and it's and it's like space is involved so there's aliens i don't know i think it'd be really fun for little boys and uh reluctant readers
1: or like 33 year old podcast or 33
2: year old (laughs) podcast host uh whoever anyone can enjoy it little squirrel's got a little tiny
1: t-shirt on i know all right sorry i like
2: had so many like Squealy moments yeah. during the jacket cover reveal. Uh, the next one is Scientist, Scientist, Who Do You See? Uh, this is from a series of uh, parents, teachers, you probably recognize this. Um, the who, what, where kind of series where it has a fun approach to learning. So, Scientist, Scientist, Who Do You See? obviously features some popular scientists like Albert Einstein, Charles Darwin, Grace Hopper, Marie Curie, uh, just to name a few. And uh, you're learning about them and their accomplishments while rhyming.
1: I will say also, um, the author of that is Chris Ferry, and he was on actually episode 199 of the podcast. Um, he was a, he, he, teaches physics, and so he has turned all of his knowledge in the science world, he has, like, made it his goal to kind of simplify it so you can begin teaching younger people all about, like, in theory, giantly complex ideas, but start getting them on there early.
2: I just realized I didn't give author attribution to the other two.
1: Oh, go for it. Uh,
2: Billy Stewart was by Elaine M. Bergeron and... Let me. Nico draws a feeling. Nico draws a feeling is by Bob.
1: I'm gonna go with Raxa.
2: Raxa, thank yeah. you. Um, so apologies, I will do that moving forward. Um, the next book I'm going to talk about is The Flight of the Swans, um, which is based on the Brothers Grimm fairy tale Six Swans, also in our juvenile set, and that is by I did not write these down. I got gotcha. you. Sarah got...
1: Sarah Maguire.
2: Thank you. Can you do that for me? For I sure can cuz I'm you. looking
1: at the resource center page. You're
2: awesome. Um so it follows the uh Rin and her family. I follow so it follows Rin, her name R Y N. Um, journey to save her family and their kingdom. Princess Andorin's six older brothers have always been her protectors until her father takes a new queen, so you kind of see where I'm going. By the way, Andorin is Rin. Rin is a nickname. Um The queen is mysterious, uh, and she seems to enchant the men in the royal family. So, you know, kind of seems like an evil stepmother kind of deal. Um, And when Rin actually attempts to break the enchantment, she makes a a bargain. The queen will spare her brother's lives if Rin remains silent for six years. And obviously there's a twist. (laughs) So really excited about that one. Yeah um the next one is the vast wonder of the world extraordinary oh give me
1: give me a second that title is really tiny with let me see it's by oh man i want to say melina mangal and Luis uh luisa ribe didn't make that one easy on me <laughs> 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 sorry everyone that i definitely butchered their names as always continue okay you're good go ahead
2: um so This story uh, has illustrations in it, which are really exciting, um, and present pioneering African-American scientist Ernest Everett Jost. Uh, he is someone who noticed details others failed to see. He has persisted in his research despite the discrimination and limitations imposed on him as an African-American. Um, and through these stunning illustrations and lyrical prose, this picture book presents the life and accomplishments of this long-overlooked scientific power. So again, we try to bring in a lot of content that isn't just For the sake of storytelling, we are, you know, targeting students. So we hope that all of our books offer something to learn as well. And I was super excited about this one because, like I said, Ernest Everett Just is not someone a lot of people know about. And it celebrates his life and what he's discovered in a really interesting way in this illustrated, beautiful, like, lyrical prose book. And I think um, a lot of... This one I'm really excited about because I felt like this would be a really good one for parents to read with their children. So... Um,
1: I was just going to say, like, looking at all of the books as a collection, both the older and the the younger kids ones, like, you guys did an awesome job of, like, this, it's diverse, and it's, the books look interesting, but they also look like they will inform appeal. you. Yeah, I, this is...
2: Because we have to, you know, it's such a difficult sort of uh, road to walk, because we want to make sure we, we pick content that is appealing, and will you know, be something kids who on their summer break when they aren't hopefully focusing on homework or schoolwork will feel compelled to read them. But we also don't want to just fill that space with books that are not really engaging or informative. So I think we did a really good job and I'm really excited. Okay. The next one I'm really excited about, uh, it's YA. So I'm kind of moving into the YA set now. Um, a date with Darcy. You bet you know who I'm talking about.
1: Um, a Date with Darcy is by Tiffany Schmidt. And I feel like I know who you're going to talk about. So go ahead and do it.
2: Our Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. <sighs> so, Mary Lee, love the name, um, is someone who believes that boys are better in books. And she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Um, and she kind of daydreams about the boys from literary classics like Darcy. Um, and she feels that boys in books know how to woo. And the boys of her current high school life just don't know what they're doing, which also fair. Um, So, And she actually, in a twist, gets the opportunity to sort of live out her literary fantasies in real life um, with dire consequences. It's not all fun and games. You know, I imagine, as you all can, that growing up in maybe perhaps the 18th century where a lot of these fun literary classics take place is not always the best place to be a woman in love. Mm Mm-mm. So I'm pretty excited about that one. And that one's actually part of a, a, a series the author has written. Sorry. Just hit that.
1: You're good. I feel like the word ardently is going to be in here somewhere. Oh, yeah, everywhere.
2: <laughs> um, but I thought that one would be a really fun one. That one's kind of, uh, you know, the the, the the YA romance that I always spend a lot of time in. I'm uh-huh. glad we, d- we had to get a, a YA romance in there. So there is your YA romance. I think there's a couple more, but I was really excited about that one. Um, the next one is a the wild robot. This is more falling in the mid-range, so kind of middle school on up. Um, this one is about Roz. I'm going to let you do the author before I forget. Oh, yeah. Uh, Peter Brown. Peter Brown. Thank you, Peter Brown. I'm so excited about this one. Uh, this one's about Roz. She's a robot. Uh, she is stranded alone in the wild, and that is all she knows. So she kind of wakes up to this. Um, she has no recollection of why she was created, how she was created, or how she ended up in the wild. And um, as she kind of adapts to her surroundings, kind of survival style, um, her mysterious past does threaten to kind of topple her very shaky existence in this, in this wild space. And um, it's very heartwarming. This is also beautifully illustrated. And it kind of explores that relationship of what happens when nature and technology collide. Um, so I, I think a lot of kids will love this one.
1: Isn't it like a like a robot version of Hatchet, kind of? Um, Maybe
2: I don't think I. No. You never read Hatchet? No. Okay,
1: well, it yes. feels like a robot version of Hatchet. It's a
2: robot version of Hatchet from Brian's Winter.
1: You never read all those books? It's okay. It's the guy, it's the kid who gets chopped off in the in the wild, and he has to fend for himself. All right, we'll talk about hatchet. I read after misery. This. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Hatch- they often say hatchet is the ch- is the children's misery. Um. <laughs> oh man, that's <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say. It's
2: okay, the well next known. the next one. Uh, I th- actually thought of your wife. I told her about this one. It's called the Bone Witch.
1: I have read the Bone Witch. It's really really good. But you were right to think of my wife more than me. So continue. I will let you talk about. The bone wife, the bone wife, the bone witch, and oh, you're not helping me out here at all. So Rin, I think it's Rin Chipeco is how you say her Thank last you. name. Thank um, you.
2: Okay, so this is a story about Taya, or is that how you would say it? Or T?
1: Um, I believe it is Taya, If I remember correctly. Okay, I it is spelled T
2: E A, which also is yeah. T. But I'm going with Taya, who is a witch, um, and she comes from a community and family of witches, and in 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 this. Universe, They are celebrated and beloved um, and not ostracized, as witches often are. Um, And she's loved and celebrated until she accidentally resurrects her dead brother from his grave.
1: She sure does.
2: And um, this act, you know, born out of grief and desperation and accidental, actually ousts her from her community. It's a a grave sin. You can't do that. Um, And it puts her in the company of a wise bone witch who kind of teaches her the ways of the Bone Witches. And, um, you know, even armed with dark, powerful magic like she is, she uh, nowhere is safe is all I'll say.
1: And this is the first of a series. The second one came out last year, The Heart Forger, which is also really good. Um, It's very, like it's really it's just really good I am i don't want to you did a really good job describing it but yeah, yeah. it's
2: kind of I, I like that it has that horror element um, we've yeah. not actually done a horror book before in this series we've done suspense and thriller uh, but kind of straight a little bit away from horror which I don't think is fair I think kids can handle it and I didn't think this one was anything too much so
1: the amount of authors we've talked to who said that they read Stephen King when they were like nine same yeah exactly and we're only kind of messed up so
2: yeah fine. I'm fine you know yeah um, the next one is I Of course,
1: yeah. So this is Mary McCoy, and continue. I, I assume there's a connection to I Claudius.
2: I. Right. Uh yes, because it has all about the uh, high stakes Senate of Honor, like all <laughs> kinds of intrigue and all around. Is that all you got? Yeah. No, sorry, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to remember what I, Claudius, is about, because I, I I've read it, and I just, like, can't even think of it, and I am trying to make the connection. Um,
1: it's something, it's, like, corruption and uh, the, all the emperors after yep. Julius yep. Caesar, yep. right? Yeah, Yeah.
2: I, Claudia, is definitely a, a nod to that, so. It's like, the,
1: it's, like, a history of the Roman Empire, basically. Yes. It's think. actually
2: also a Michael L. Prince honor book. Um, which is a huge award, so I was really excited. We got a, an award-winning book as well. Um, so, in the vein of I, Claudius, Claudia McCarthy finds herself pulled into the dangerous, high-stakes world of the Senate and Otter Council of Imperial Day Academy. Um, she has power she never wanted and complete control of the student body, and with power comes great responsibility, chaos, you know, all kinds of bad stuff.
1: Man, I wish I knew more about, like, Greek and Roman stuff. Like, I love Greek and Roman history and also mythology because it just feels like you could definitely translate a lot of that into YA stuff Well, uh, to
2: be honest with you i didn't make that connection the i claudia to i claudius
1: i just assume if they if it wasn't i'd have been like that is a wild name it for has
2: a, to just the way what yeah. it's about it has to because it's kind of all about like yeah you know
1: i'm gonna write you claudius <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, so yeah, but to be fair, I wonder if people will make that connection. It's, I, Claudius is kind of a...
1: No, it's obscure. I only know, I I know because of the movie, um, because my father-in-law watches old movies all the time. He does, he does love The Obscure.
2: Yeah. Um, the next one is The Girl Who Owned a City.
1: Um, give me a moment while I track down the name, oh, there's a bunch of people in this one. Hold on.
2: It's illustrated. It's like a comic book as well. Yeah,
1: by O.T. Nelson. And Joelle Jones.
2: Um, I this is the one I feel kind of brings in a lot of what we're aiming to do in our education space. You know, it has that graphic novel element, which is very popular in the K twelve space. Um, It has a female driven lead, Uh, not too much romance. So I feel like you know the, the girls sometimes get locked into this niche of they're you know compartmentalized by the relationships that they have, and this one's really just about. I'll tell you. Uh, A deadly (laughs) virus has killed every adult on Earth, um, and it's left only the kids behind. Uh, Lisa, with her parents gone, is responsible for her little brother, Todd. Uh, She has to make sure they stay alive, obviously. Um, And many of the kids in this new Earth are sick and starving. Um, And as with any apocalyptic situation, gangs abundant. Mm Yeah. A lot of people have given up and some kids are surviving in Grand Avenue. And because of Lisa in a world like this, someone has to take charge. But does Lisa have the ability and the strength to do so? So it's this kind of narrative of this girl forced to take care of her family uh, in kind of a bad situation where there are factions and they're looking for a leader and she has the opportunity to step up. And this is actually kind of prevalent in a lot of the books. It's like it's hard to be a leader Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of sacrifice and risk and you have to be willing to do it and i think it's a lot about it's just kind of a narrative for growing up
1: and the cover feels like it will definitely attract some young readers it's got like like teen hard to get readers it's got like this girl who's like holding a shotgun over her shoulder in front of this like burning house it looks amazing i'm i am going to read this this looks awesome i'm
2: excited about this one um and i have the last one uh, rules of the Rough. I saved the best for last.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, Heidi Lang.
2: Yes. 12-year-old um, Jessica is in for a long summer at her aunt and uncle's house. So this one is going to be kind of, again, more for your middle middle grades, just like the wild robot. And I say middle grades lightly because it can go either way. Younger readers could probably um, understand it, but also high school u- readers could read uh, it as well. Um, so she's in for a long summer. Her cousin, and Anne. A-N-N, sorry, as a snotty new new best friend, which leaves Jesse all alone. But Jesse is industrious and not content with being ignored all summer. She convinces Wes, a grouchy neighborhood dog walker, to uh, let her be his apprentice. And um, then a charismatic rival dog walker moves to town. She quickly snatches up most of Wes's business and Jesse decides she isn't going to take the defeat with her tail between her legs.
1: I'm um, just looking at the description, and I just want to tell you that Wes has a dog walking col- code, and it's called Rules of the Rough, and that <laughs> makes me giggle. This looks awesome. That's the name of the book, Rules of the Rough. I know, but like, I'm just saying, like, that's his. It's his dog walking code. Oh like, yes, that's just just like explaining what it is. I just saw it. I was like, yeah, it's you R-U-F-F. Yes.
2: yes. I any book with dogs. Sign yeah. me up. So we have a whole mix of everything you would want this year. We have intrigue, raccoons. Um, robots, <laughs> dogs. Oh man! Comic books.
1: bunch of witches.
2: Witches. I will say romance. Darcy.
1: In addition to the Bone Witch, you also have Labyrinth Lost, which is by my buddy Zara Cordova, which I actually appreciate you not talking about on here because she's literally been on the podcast like four times with well,
2: me. I know so I have such did... a hard time picking, and like be, to be fair, everyone, I only talked about eleven books, and there are thirty, so yeah. that is just the
1: Oop. the froth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And the
2: great, you know, milkshake of this summer read. Ice cream reference.
1: It's the Cool Whip foam on your ice latte.
2: Just the cherry on top. Yes, it's... of this great Sunday, like,
1: well, I, I know I've it's got the, so many. It's the meringue on your lemon meringue pie. Oh, no,
2: that's gross. You don't like lemon meringue pie? No, Grandma. I like your lemon meringue pie, it's though.
1: The meringue on your key lime pie. Mm. <laughs> it's the meringue on your. I don't think s- I like meringue. I think I'm crunched. just gonna stop with meringue.
2: Okay, right. it's the brown sugar crust of your key lime cheesecake pie.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna say pecan pie. I was or that? Say I'm it. okay.
2: I'm, all pies are usually pretty good.
1: Yeah, but pies are really a, a summer thing, huh? Peach pie, key lime pie, key lime pie. Yeah, those are like I think those are like, those are my like cheesecakes.
2: Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm hungry. just hungry. <laughs> yeah, know, me exactly. Too. Anyway,
2: so chill out and read this summer uh, with 30 wonderful titles from your school. Uh, stop that summer slide. Um, check out the resource center if you're a library or school looking to get your hands on some wonderful marketing materials. And if you want to read more about the other books in the program.
1: Also, he's not going to listen to this, but happy birthday to your husband and my best friend.
2: <laughs> yes, happy birthday, Scott. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunwald, and presented by Rakuten Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com.